Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Wait a minute, are we live? We are live with Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I am Lauren Taylor. And, and I'm Alan Brown. No, I oh. am Dr. Jason Cohen. And I am super duper thrilled that we were able to reschedule our podcast, our Gross Anatomy podcast, with one of my oldest and dearest friends, Alan Brown. That's me, Alan T. Brown. Alan T. Brown. Alan T. Brown. Theodore. Alan Theodore Brown. Correct. Who, who, um, Lauren and I, I think we talk about you a decent amount on this podcast. Yes, I've been wanting to have you on for a long time. So thank you so much for joining us. You're on the East Coast. Everything's later for you. We appreciate it. Oh, it's totally my pleasure. I mean, literally grew up in Jason's house. Uh, Friday nights, his mom's cooking, his dad's shtick, and Stephanie, his sister, my old one of my oldest friends. And Jason and I have crazy memories together from Madison ones Square we, Garden. Ones that we can't Park. discuss. Ones that we can't discuss <laughs> on the podcast. Correct. We traveled together, St. Mm-hmm. Martin. We, we did a couple of uh, trips where I had I taught Jason some things. And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I was his counselor in camp, so, which, 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 which is even crazy that I'm actually part of the guys, but I'm not one of the guys. Exactly. Because I'm not your age, but, you know, the guys. So we, we were lucky. Grow, I, you know, I, t- I tell my kids all the time that we were super lucky. And I wish one of my kids has it. My other two don't. I was so, so fortunate to have a really close group of guy friends growing up. It almost kind of started at nursery, you know, the, the beginning of it. Some of, them I, some of the guys I know from nursery school, and we kind of just grew up together and we're still all close. And Al is, is, a, is a member of the guys, even though he's not our age. He's, although mentally, he's even younger than we are. But, <laughs> but, um, but Al's a member of the guys, and, and I really... I really was, I, that's probably one of the luckiest things in my life that I was, that I had that group of friends and, and I, I hope my, my two youngest get that. Do do your kids have that Al? Do they have a group? Yes, they do, but not the same way we do. You know, really weaving in what we had on the Upper East Side is much different than anybody will ever get. Yeah. Between the synagogues and the school and the Central Park and, you know, Studio 54 and what other bars did we go to on 2nd Avenue? I mean, full like Dorian's. 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 Yeah, no, totally. Mad Hatter. Mad Hatter. I was just in New York, uh, was it last weekend or the weekend before, for my sister's kids' bar mitzvah. And, and I brought my youngest daughter. We stayed on the Upper West Side. And it was, some of the bars are still there. And it was just great walking by. I sent pictures of, of a couple of them to, the, to our guy's WhatsApp group. And it was Totally. So I'm going to, Jace, I'm going to ask you a question because I know this is your podcast, but obviously we'll get into how, why I am who I am and what happened to me. But I want to know where you were when you heard about my accident and what were you thinking? And then we'll talk about that. So, because I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. So, uh, well, let me back it up even. So I'm going to, can I tell the, I'm going to tell the long version. So the long version, believe it or not, is Alan Brown used to come away with the Cohen family during Christmas time break. 
My dad loved Alan. I almost feel more than he loved me, believe it or not. Uh, I, I kind of envied uh, the relationship that my dad and Alan had, uh, if, I'm, if I'm being totally honest. But Alan and my sister were like brother-sister. Um, so Alan was kind of a big brother to me as well. And so he used to come away with us on every uh, holiday vacation over Christmas time. But this particular year, my sister decided to get married. And she was, a, she was what was she, 19 or 20? 20. 20. And the marriage lasted a year. But because she got married, Alan didn't, it, my sister didn't come away with us. And because my sister didn't come away with us, although you could have come, but Alan didn't come with us that year. So my family went away. I, we used to go to Puerto Rico a lot to, to the same place. And Alan, you went to the Caribbean, right? I went to Martinique. So... I was, I still feel like I had a, did I tell you the story? I still feel like I had a connection with you that day. Call me recently about this. Because I was at the beach in Puerto Rico and I know my mom was kind of sitting up on the beach chair. I was in the ocean and it was one of those days, one of those red flag days in Puerto Rico too. And I remember getting spun around. I personally got spun around by a wave and I even kind of like where my legs kind of like went over my head, I felt like. And then I was down and I just held my breath. And I really thought I was going to die. I, I still remember it. And the next thing I know, I was washed all the way up by the ocean onto the sand. I was just road rash with sand, literally next to my mom. And my mom, and, and I was trembling. And my mom had said, I, I didn't think, I, she was like watching. She's like, I didn't think you were getting out of there. She, it freaked her out. And that was the same day, Al, that, that what happened that to you. January, January 2nd, 1988. So I'll just tell everybody kind of, you know, what happened. And then Jason, you can tell me you, how, what you felt when you heard. Um, I grew up in New York City on 85th and 3rd in the Jefferson building, moving on up. Yeah. And um, I attended many schools in New York, from Ramada to Dwight to York Prep. Uh, I was not the greatest student, but I definitely had a way of myself being a little bit different than everybody. Um, loved playing hockey. You were a super-duper athlete. I, I did well. Uh, always loved being you know, out there and winning. And if we were going to lose, somehow a fight would break out. But that was just <laughs> And um, I went away on vacation with my friend Gil. And we went to Club Med Martinique. And I had the same day as you in the Caribbean, in the ocean. A wave pulled me, flipped me over. My head hit the floor and snapped. And I heard it break. And I was under the water for about two and a half minutes. And I tried to hold my breath as long as I could. And then I really saw my whole life flash in front of me. And it got really quiet and bright and light and peaceful. And the next thing I know, uh, three guys pulled me out of the water. And all hell broke, broke loose. And it was my friend Gil, my friend David, and my friend Adam, Adam Schefter, who's on ESPN. He's the NFL guru. In a crazy way, you know, my best friend in high school in 1985, when we graduated from New York Prep, became a paraplegic in August that year. And I became his caregiver. Wow. And I helped him out. And in November, remember sports on Broadway on the west side? That no. sports bar on the upper west side? I, had, I threw a fundraiser there. Thanksgiving weekend of uh, 1987. 
and I raised $25,000 for spinal cord research. And I sent the check down to Dr. Green, who did his last surgery on Friday after 48 years. And um, I gave, I ended up in that hospital six weeks later. And from there, all I've done is gone to look forward to help other people and live my life to the fullest, even though I have this chair stuck in my ass. There's nothing I can do about that. So um, I've done a lot from marketing to working with celebrities to working with SlimFast to golf tournaments. I have a World Series ring from the Florida Marlins in 1997. Wait, what were, you doing, what were you doing for the Florida Marlins? I did PR for them, for, for their foundation. And so, then I Alan, so, so, those, so, Lauren, so you don't know Alan. Alan was always kind of, everybody knew Alan. Everybody loved that, loved or hated Alan. Everybody loved Alan. For the most part, even the people who hated Alan still loved him. Like, like I was jealous of Alan for having this relationship with my dad, but I just loved him anyway. And, and that's one thing that um, he, he still, you've always maintained that. I mean, you're, you're someone who, my dad was like that too. Like everybody kind of wanted to know my dad and wanted to, I, I think that's why you two really bonded. Your dad was connected, right? He was always connected. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and you're very... In many much ways. Connected. Yes, exactly. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to some degree, and th- these are, this is a crazy thought I have. I, I'm, I'm sure you've had it too, and, and, and people have had it. Your injury made you... Who I am. It made you such a better person, Alan, I hate to say. I know that. And, I'm, and that's why I'm totally fine with that. You know, yeah. being a quadru- so I'm a quadru- I'm considered a C5-6 incomplete quadruple. Yeah. This is, all, this is all the use of my hands that I have. So that's all that I do. I can't grip anything. I can't lift things up. Like, you know, I can, but it's not the normal way anybody else would do it. So I figured out how to make the best of a bad situation. And I remember when I first got hurt, you know, Rabbi Lookstein coming to me and we were having these talks and um, he said, what, 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 what are you thinking? And I said, what am I thinking? I said, what would my eulogy have been? That's what I'm thinking. And he went back and he looked and he told me what it was. And he says, you were a free spirit, somebody that was going to be out there to help and change. And I said, all right, so then that's what I'm going to do. And I remember lying in my hospital room and I was at back then, you were, I mean, Jason, just, you know, you don't even remember, this, but you know what a roto rest bed is? I was in this bed where I had 20 pounds of weight hanging from my head so my neck wouldn't move. And the bed would rotate eight minutes this way, eight minutes that way. And so, like, when people would come to see me, like Rabbi Lookstein, he would, like, run from one side of the bed to the other side of the bed. And, you know, I can remember so many of the guys. And Stephanie was there right away with Mark. and My sister. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I was in the ICU for eight weeks. Um, but I had a great time in, in all honesty. I, I, you know, if you hold your breath, the doctors come running because all the bells go off and they're like, what's wrong? And I'm like, nothing. I'm really kind of bored, to be honest with you. But then on my 21st birthday, they did my surgery. They put, they fused me at C5 and C6. So I have nine screws and two plates in my neck. Um, I've done five marathons, two triathlons. Um, I swim and work out as best as I can every day to keep myself in shape. And, you know, I literally, Jace, I just got a phone call before we did this thing from a, a new injury, a guy that got hurt 63 years old, 
on his way to the ER with an infection. You know, in the in the bus, you know, his wife's calling me. What do you do? And you know, all the guys that we looked up to, our friend, our parents' friends. Um, you know, they very quietly made a lot of noise in the right way to to mold the community. And you know, I said it at my dad's funeral. I remember Rabbi Lukstein said, "You know, you need to write stuff down. You're going to be up there, and you got a lot to say, and better figure it out." And you know, I usually shoot from the hip, and the one thing that came to my head the night before is everything that my dad said is, you know, why do I have to take these apples over to this person's house for Rosh Hashanah? Why do you have to do this? Because that's what we do. No question. Yeah. Because that's what we do. And I think people need more of that these days um, to be kinder and gentle to everybody. You know, I think JC and I spoke a little bit earlier, but, you know, going through COVID right now, you know, um, the whole world has felt a little bit of paralysis. And if you look up the word paralysis in the dictionary, it says the state of helpless stoppage, inactivity, or inability to act. I've been living like that for 33 years, not knowing what's around the corner. And we need to all be more mindful. Of and, you know, the work that I do through, you know, now I'm, I'm at the Christopher Dana Reed Foundation. Uh, I've been there for 10 years. The research that's going on is amazing. Our Paralysis Resource Center uh, has helped over 100,000 families. And whatever I can do, whether it's the Reeve Foundation, Access Israel, Friends of Access Israel, um, Operation Onward, Dean came in, and the chair that I sit in, I mean, the chair that I sit in climbs stairs, it's a segue, and goes on the beach. And yeah. everybody, everybody should have this. Yeah. So you are right, Chase. I got a bad deal, but it made me a better person. And I'm totally fine with that. I really, really am. You know, the pain that I live in, all right, I live in pain. You know, I have, the, I have neurogenic pain. You, you know, I call you sometimes when I go to the night, Jay, when I'm on my way to the ER or something's going on and I can't figure it out. I'm like, just talk to me. Think it through. And help, me, help me get there. And not, none of our injuries are the same. Everybody that has a spinal cord injury is a different injury. Um, you know, crazy. I just had a doctor from Houston. Two years ago, this July, he was an orthopedic neurosurgeon at, in, in Houston. Went over the handlebars of his bike and became a C3 quad. And one of my doctors asked me to reach out to him. And we became very close friends. And he ended up in rehab with three guys that he operated. Wow. So wow. he, put their, he put their necks together. Wow. You know, and, and it's kind of crazy, and you just don't know. So he's Dr. Marco, just joined the Reef Foundation. And, you know, to have somebody like that, to be able to tell that story, that saw the whole other side of what yeah. medicine does. Now he's seeing what happens to somebody that lived this injury. And, you know, it's, it's expensive. It's tough. It didn't just hurt me. And, Jay, you know this. My mom, you know, I hate that she, she got hurt more than I did. You know, a Jewish mom whose son gets hurt, you know, and my dad always just very cool about it all and so on. And then, you know, Stephen and Daniel handled it differently. Stephen had trouble with it. And Daniel has become, I mean, an unbelievable attorney who is changing the world for people with disabilities and accessibility. These and are Alan's two brothers. Actually, we, we uh, 
you were just recently honored, was it a year or two, two years ago now, you were honored by the Christopher Reeves Foundation and Dan or your brother, who's, who's my younger sister's age, um, became an attorney and gave this fantastic speech, right? Yeah, I mean, he is unbelievable with what he does. And he, you know, it's, and you know, you find out the people like David Barber, you know, became a physical therapist because of my right. You know, you start to hear things and over the years, and I don't realize how many, I mean, like, this is not about me at all, by the way. It's about we. But like you said, Jason, this happened to me for a reason. And the reason is for me to go out and spread a message. And I will, like I said, I will always, always do that. And the spinal cord is an interesting thing. Um, what I find amazing is you're, you were always, you, you still are uh, a pretty party guy. And, and I say it in a, in a good way. But I think, you know, had this, not, had this injury not happened to you. I don't think I'd be here. You're a tzaddik, which means a righteous man. I mean, you, if someone gets injured or some, someone needs anything, Al Brown is the guy to go to. And it's just, it's, it really. I'm the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> and I'm the guy's guy. And it's totally inspirational. It's all real. Like, that's the one thing is, you know, I might lose a lot of sleep. You know, you hear about things more and then, and you don't know, you don't know what you're getting on the other side of the phone when somebody calls you. You know, there's a young girl that actually just was got into medical school. Her name is Rebecca. She went to Binghamton. Um, and she was a skiing accident, became a C2 quad. And, you know, I talked to his dad, I talked to her dad. He was somebody that was, that was you, Jason. And you just don't know this injury, you're not born with it. It's not hereditary. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Wrong place, wrong time. Yeah. And, and I feel that our community is ready to really come together. You know, after this pandemic and everybody got a little bit of a pause to be there more for each other. I don't think it's just our community. It's everywhere. You know, what we've just been through has been, you know, hell in a way. But what, what the other side is, it's not going to be pretty on the way out. But when we get there, we should be a better place to help better people. Yeah. And this was a really tough year for everybody, but it, it must have been an even harder year for you. right? I mean, I know because we finally got together a little bit, but it must have been a really rough year. Yeah, my, my, my doctor called me up on, on March 7th, uh, 2020, and I was out for Michelle's birthday, and he said, where are you? And I said, we're out listening to music. He goes, okay, well, pay the bill and go home. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, we just came out of a meeting for the county, and go home. You've been in my emergency room three times already since January 1st, and you can't come here for a while. So I didn't leave my apartment for months on end. Uh, I finally got up the nerve to go down and get the pool, but it's been like living in a habit trail, you know, yeah. it's like the, and I, I, I've been working from home for 10 years, but I'm on the road, you know, working. I, I hit the road once a month for a couple of days, conferences here and there and, you know, traveling in a wheelchair, um, traveling with a disability has so many challenges of, you know, everywhere you're going, you have to always, this is what I kept telling you, planning. The more you, I have to plan everything. Call the hotel seven times. Is it the room with the rolling shower? You know, when you get to the airport, other guys can be there with the chair to get me on and off the right way, and uh, so on. So, you know, my life is definitely difficult, but I find it to be um, 
the more you throw at me and the harder you make it, the more I'm going to process that to push out good to help others. So I'd rather take it in on myself. And that's why I have big shoulders. I think it's kind of like, I miss like dumping the puck in the corner and going and like knocking the crap out of somebody when we were playing hockey. So I take that negative, that energy that I would normally get out on the hockey rink and I use that towards good. And, you know, it was like crazy, like Rabbi Lookstein, you know, he, he was so much to us and I speak to him all the time. And after giant games, you know, we still have our conversations and, and so on. And I, you know, when, when he tells me that I've given him something and I look at what this guy's done, you know, it's like, really? I was like the biggest, you know, I, you, you couldn't throw me out of enough schools. When you, when you talk about, it's interesting, when you talk about Rabbi Lookstein and how close you were, could you imagine if you had never been injured, would you ever be talking about Rabbi Lookstein and how close you were? I think so. You still think so? Yeah, I think because, you know, before my accident, you know, the biggest mitzvah you could do in the Jewish religion is to do a tahara. And I went to Rabbi Lookstein when I was 12 years old. And that's when you prepare a, a deceased body for burial. And you're doing a mitzvah for somebody like they cannot repay you. So with all my nonsense of running around and going to the clubs and doing everything that I did when I was 15, 16 years old, that was something that I would go and do that kept me grounded. And it didn't have to be the public part that everybody saw, of, you know, the big mitzvah right. projects. I went and did my always thing very quietly. And after my accident, um, you know, getting carried into shul because this was in 1988, you know, synagogues weren't accessible. I would start going up to Mount Sinai as opposed to going to synagogue. And that's when Rabbi Luxin called me and he was like, where are you? What happened? And I said, I don't want to get carried into shul and have my mom and my grandmother, you know, crying because this is what they're seeing now. And I would rather go up to the spinal cord at Mount Sinai and find new families. And that's what I would do. And when I told him that, he was like, can't really argue with you about that one. So. You know, it's the, the religion has been so important to me. It's, you know, going back to Israel, you know, and, and, and when I met Michal, who went to Ramaz and, you know, through the whole Access Israel thing. And so you recently started a foundation, right? You and Jamie, an, another foundation. We did. You had we your own paralysis foundation, but you started, what did you start? So the, the Alan Brown Foundation is now part of the Christopher Dana Marie Foundation. It's all, we're under one umbrella. So we're the, we're the Alan T. Brown Fund of the Christopher Dana Marie Foundation. And then Jamie and I started Friends of Access in Israel with Abe. Jamie, Jamie is Sam Lassner's father and Andy Lassner's brother, two of our previous guests. Okay. Right. And by the way, I just want to set something straight for the record. On the Andy, <laughs> on the Andy Lassner. I knew this was coming. Yeah. I mean, I did not give him acid at Thanksgiving. So <laughs> one of the I did give him something, but that's not what it was. I so, believe it. And then before you talk about your foundation, Alan was many people's first whatever. So I was, I grew up modern Orthodox. We all grew up modern Orthodox, somewhat religious Jews, and we didn't eat non-kosher pizza. Like you only ate at a kosher restaurant or whatever. So it was a big deal to have like pizza from a regular pizza place. And I remember one day I used to walk home. Alan would show up to our school. He wasn't in our school, but he'd show up to our school that he had used to, he used to go to. And we'd walk home together where Alan would be on his rollerblades and slowly rollerblade along. And you took me to Mimi's Pizza on 85th and Lex. The best. 
And that was that was the first time I ate non-kosher pizza. Well, that I have moment. a great Rabbi Luxie story because they used to be in the middle of the block. I don't know if you remember that before they moved to the corner. They were in the middle of the block between 85th and 84th and Street. And I was there one day. It was me, Mark, and Michael Lewittis. And we're in there. And Rabbi Lookstein walks by. And he comes, he does a double take and comes back. And he looks at us and he goes, you know, that pizza's really not that good. And I'm like, have you tried it? <laughs> uh, but he was basically trying to tell us, like, we shouldn't be in there in a very nice place. Yeah. But uh, we, that we, you know, I mean, it was pizza. We grew up in New York City. I mean, how do you not have a slice? I know. So you started a foundation with Jamie. What is it? What, what's it so called? It, it, really, it really started actually in the mayor's office in New York City for people with disabilities. My friend Victor Felici is uh, the commissioner. He broke, he broke his back um, about 30 years ago now. And he's an Italian guy from Queens, and we ended up having this very funny relationship. But he became the commissioner, and he says to me, I need your help. He goes, I have these people coming in from Israel. And I need, I, can you jump on the call with me, please? So I jump on the call. I have one of my coworkers, Maggie, went in to meet in the office. And Michal uh, Moquette, who went to Ramaz, uh, was in the meeting. And at the end of the meeting, she said to everybody, is that Alan Brown that grew up on the Upper East Side? And all of a sudden, within five minutes, we were on the phone with each other. She is the head of an organization that started in Israel by a gentleman who's a quadriplegic who was a pilot, a helicopter pilot, and his helicopter went down, and he became a quad, Yuval Wagner. And I met them, and they said to me, why, why don't you come to Israel? I said, I don't think I can. Like, I don't, it's too much for me. And he goes, he goes, didn't you just hear what we were talking about, how accessible yeah. Israel is, what we're doing? And you know, if you, I don't know if you've read Startup Nation, it's an amazing book, but you know, now Israel is the startup disability nation, and they are really on the forefront. So I went over there three times in a row. And the second time I called Jamie, I'm like, Jamie, we got to help these guys and take what they're doing and bring it national. And now Jamie is, you know, working really hard to get that done. And some great programs. They, you know, they took the biggest group of people with disabilities up Mount Kilimanjaro right before the pandemic, uh, which was amazing. And once things come back to normal, you know, be in schools and doing programs and helping individuals out. And what's the name of the organization? Friends of Access Israel. So we're, we're in conjunction with them, just like Friends of IDF. You know, we're Friends of Access Israel, and whether it's blind or you're deaf or in a wheelchair, we're, there's, some kind of, there's some kind of, people have disabilities in every way, shape, or form. And right. what we're trying to do is sensitize people and let them not be afraid of seeing somebody with a disability. You know, all, a lot of the banks in Israel, their tellers are trained for, with one-on-one for people with disabilities. So, when they approach them, they don't get that, oh, my God, deer in the headlights. They, right. they understand what to do, and they know what are the things, the proper ways to approach them and do things. So I saw this going on. I saw the way that they were doing this, and I'm like, Jamie, we got to do this. So then Jamie came over to Israel with me for one of their conferences where they get people from 50 different countries you know, that don't even speak to people in Israel, but they're there because of people with disabilities. The whole goal is to give people around the world access to be able to do whatever it is they want to do, travel, this, that. Everything. Let them learn. You know, we, we, Jamie was planning on going into, you know, a lot of the different Jewish communities in Miami and LA and New York and, you know, going and sensitizing, you know, doing Feast of the Senses where we blindfold the kids and we, they wear, you know, they wear gloves to try to eat and uh, then we put headphones on them, you know, 
to understand what's going on, you know, in the deaf community. So, you know, that's all been going on. And so, and then, then I also help out Dean Kamen, you know, the chair that I sit in, um, like I said, it, it comes from the Segway and Dean asked me to be on his board and, you know, we give out chairs to veterans. Um, we're not, right, just started a tour where Dean went for a Winnebago and he's dropping off 50, uh, 25 uh, iBots which are their, their, it's called a mobility system, to different VAs. And we're finding a veteran at the different veterans, you know, areas to give them mobility, uh, let them go out and live their life and not have to worry about, you know, not getting to where they want to get to. So whether it's the Reed Foundation, where that's my heart and soul is, obviously I lived as a quadriplegic for 33 plus years. Um, the foundation is thriving. The research is amazing. I see my friends getting implanted with stimulators and they're also now doing transcutaneous like above the skin and my friends are getting function back and are you doing are have you done or are you doing yourself as a patient any experimental stuff not yet you know i've always been i've always had the opportunity but i've never really wanted to jump on the ice Uh, uh, i'm still sharpening my skates dude um (laughs) i have other things that i want to achieve not for me but for the community before i jump in I want to make sure that there's a much more access for others to have the opportunity before I get in there. Because if there's somebody else that can have a little bit of a better quality of life before me, um, and that's okay, I'm fine with that. I've waited this long. I'll go in. I know. I'm watching. I got my eye right on it. I just don't know which one I'm going in. Well, you know, there was this stem cell thing that came by, you know, a couple of years ago where I had those opportunities and so on. But I've never really wanted to jump in. I've had so many surgeries, you know. After doing marathons, um, I, I got fused at L5 and S1. So I'm basically three people. Here is connected and here. But if you really know what that is, it's mind, body, and soul. It's all three parts of what it takes to become a person and to be a good part of society. And I have some stuff on the horizon that's going to be coming up that's going to be big, um, impactful, and meaningful for my community, for people with disabilities, um, I just feel that, you know, the ADA has been around for over 30 years, but I still can't get into many places. I still have to really think about things. And as the world is rebuilding post-COVID, and Chase, you know, you, you, you'll get this more than anybody. I go to the doctor, and I can't get on the table to get exams because the exam table doesn't go up and down, and I can't transfer on an offlet. So... I haven't really had a real doctor's exam in a very low time. We just funded a group down here that is going to actually start doing that. The Reed Foundation gives out quality of life grants to other nonprofit organizations twice a year. We just gave out a little over a million dollars last week. And it could be from a swimming program that needs a pool lift to wheelchair basketball to the arts to you name whatever it is. And we just did a, COVID social, you know, battling uh, social isolation. And we gave about $600,000 worth of grants. So to see all these other little organizations around that are feeding these communities and we're able to, you know, give out these grants is beyond amazing and meaningful. It's one of the greatest things I love doing at my job. So I have a question. Tell me about um, exo- exoskeleton stuff. What do you know about exoskeleton stuff? So I think it's a really cool idea. It's just a very difficult thing for a lot of people because of expense. 
They're over $100,000. A lot of what people are doing right now is locomotion training. They're actually getting up where a therapist is moving their legs and they're up like kind of on a harness on a treadmill. So it's really cool that, you know, David Garber worked on, 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 the, uh, right. on that. I remember, you know, he came over and because of me being a quadriplegic, I don't really fit into that because I can't hold on to, you know, um, uh, onto the crutches. But, you know, just, just so you guys know a little bit of statistics here, one in 50 Americans live with some sort of paralysis. So it's over 6 million people, and that's MS, CP, stroke, spinal bifida, spinal cord injury, traumatic brain injury. So all of that falls under the umbrella of what we handle at our National Paralysis Resource Center. And I know, Lauren, you asked me a little while ago, you can go on to www.christopherreeve.org and you can see where you can apply for grants where we do it twice a year from other non-for-profits. So if there's, a, if there's a group out there that needs, you know, $20,000 to do something, you know, they can apply and we do it twice a year. It's an intense review process. And it's, but it's so fulfilling to see that people are thinking of others and, mm-hmm. and, and really giving back. And um, I love that part of the foundation. I love the fact that we have information specialists where, you know, like I said, I get a lot of phone calls, but I'm not the only one. We have a whole team of people in the office that are deal with people from day one of their injury until today. You know, there's different phases that you go through in your head, uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally. You know, in the beginning, I just wanted to get out. I wanted to get up and walk. And I did walk on braces within the first year. But then I settled in. And you start to realize, you know, that this is going to be my life. And I'm now, like I said, I'm 33 years into this thing. And I have, uh, I have a lot more left on my, in this tank. This tank is so not done. And um, like I said, I just feel that I, my, my time is really yet to come to really make the impact that I want to make. I don't feel that I've left my big, the bigger mark that I want to leave yet. So, Al, you have, you have two sons. How old are your boys? Max is 23, and Sam is 18. Max what? is graduating the University of Florida with a degree in sports management. So nice. he's trying to get my Rolodex. <laughs> so what's it like being a dad to boys and knowing what you know and having been through what you've been through? And are you scared, or are you more like – what? It's a, it's a scary time out there. I mean, you know, first of all, parenting as a person with a disability is a whole other thing. Because, like, my kids would know where to go in the house to not get to me. Like, I, you know, if I wanted to get to them, they knew where to go that my wheelchair couldn't go. So that was one thing. But, you know, you try to teach them the right things. I, I keep my eyes on them. Um, I definitely I speak to them every single day. Um, and I know, even though... I don't see them as much as I want, especially because of COVID. Um, you know, I didn't see them for a very long time. But um, I know that Max and Sam will both be very successful. You know, Sam has a little bit more of the Allen swag than Max has. Um, Max has the build and the looks. Sam, <laughs> Sam, Sam's got the other little piece. Um, do, they, do they know how... Like when you talk about cool guys, like you were, you still are. Like, do they know how cool of a guy, especially when we were kids, do they know how cool you were and still are? Do they get it, or you're just their nerdy dad? No, they they get. It. They uh, don't. I appreciate that. It's a little, you know, 
funny that you say that, but we did. We, um, I take that, you know, when we used to go to hockey games, you know, you're sitting up in the booth, you know, with Sam Rosen, you're down in the locker room after the game, or you're on the field doing this. And then when they see me out and about, and it's, you know, I'm with the who's who, whatever, I'm at the, in DC at the State of the Union. I'm like, what am I doing at the State of the Union? You know, why, why would I be there? And I'm friendly with congressmen. And, um, I, you know, this, this is, it, I thank Jay. It's crazy. He said that I'm a cool guy, but I just look at it. It's just me, dude. This is really just me. And it's, it's who I am. Um, I mean, I remember always being a leader, not a follower. Um, and I will continue to lead by example. And, um, there's a lot more coolness to come, Jay. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's to come? I know so much more work needs to be done, but can you just give us like a little sneak peek of what you're working on? Lauren, what, what is to come is a lot of different foundations, whether it be Reeve, Friends of Access Israel, or Operation Onward, making an impact into the world of people with disabilities. And the research that's going to happen within the spinal cord world is going to be some exciting announcements coming up. And maybe I'll dive in again for me to try something to get rid of the pain, to give me better, you know, my secondary complications, bowel, bladder, temperature control. You know, Jace knows this as being a doctor. I call him and these types of things happening in my body is flipping out. But um, the things to come are. I've been stuck at home for a year and a half and this mind has been going bananas in a great way on how to be better on the way out, on the way out of this thing. And I feel that the Christopher and Dana Reed foundation, we are right there. Jamie's thing with, you know, starting friends of access Israel is going to thrive and watching Dean Kamen give out 50 wheelchairs so we can have better mobility for our veterans is something that is feels so good. You know, it doesn't have to be only money that you're giving. Money is not always the most important thing. And Jason and I know a lot of people that have done very, very well for themselves, but they don't live a very full life. So it's not about, it's not about, the, you know, what they say, what they, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's not all about the money. Sometimes it's about the, the person next door and making sure that they're okay. And I'm going to carry that through. It's because that's what we do. Did you actually get to know Christopher Reeves? Very well. We um, would talk all the time. I took, him, I, I took him to Ranger game. I remember when Will Reeves, who's now on Good Morning America, uh, he's a, you know, their son, he used to stand on my feet, look over the board in the corner. And now he's, you know, I, you know, six foot four, and he's, you know, amazing. But the fact that Chris is gone and Dana is gone, is kind of, it, 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 that's kind of a little bit of fire that's in me. You know, I was, I was a board member of the Reed Foundation before I worked with them. And I was there because I wanted that, you know, I saw the, the power of the organization and the name. And, yeah. you know, it's about today's care, which is what Dana cared about, and tomorrow's cure, which is what Christopher was. And we have blended that. And the foundation is really an amazing place for so many individuals that we need to help out. And um, 
Lauren, I promise I'll you and your mom because Andy laughed. I was going to remind you that you had to say hello to her I, mom. Yeah, I, wow. say hello I to felt like mom. I was going to remember. Of course, I'm, I, I don't forget anything. Um, but no, I, Jace, you know, I've been watching these when you did this with Sam and you did it with Andy. And I, I, I am so proud of you. Your family is beautiful. Your kids are amazing. And you got, I mean, we lived in your house. Friday yeah. night was. You know, we were at your house, you were at our house, we'd walk up and down Park Avenue. And those are times that, I, that I, I feel that people need more of, you know, more. That's what we all need. We all need to be a little bit more together. Um, yes. not, don't, but, but living so fast isn't really so great. Sit back and enjoy it. You know, enjoy your family. Make sure that you, you know, you, you give people time. And, you know, when I hang up the phone with you, I know that I'm going to go and deal with this family who, you know, was is now in the emergency room, and I'll have to go help. You know, help them out. And there'll be others, and um, I have a feeling this summer. I hate to say it, but you know, with people coming out of pandemic, they're going to be doing a lot more risky things. And I think I'm, I think I'm going to be getting a lot more phone calls. The foundations paralysis resource center will be extremely, extremely busy this summer, just yeah. because people are diving into pools and car accidents and biking and you know, all these different things that just kind of happen. But they should know that they have a place to go. And, you know, Lauren, you can put my phone number up on here. I don't really care. People can call me, 954-662-ALLEN-2526. And if somebody is in need, we will direct them in the right place and make sure that we leave nobody behind. And that's what our guys are about. You know, when you really go back to who we are as our people and our, our community, Chase, none of us, you know, we could pick up the phone and call any of the boys. You know, I just knowing that I have those people and I, even though my spinal cord's not connected, my phone is connected 24 seven and I'm, and, and that's my lifeline. And, you know, life is an interesting, an interesting ride. I just hope I don't get any more flats along the way. <laughs> I have one final uh, question. Final question is that Lauren and I like to ask is, you know, since we're big pop culture movie TV fans, what what are you watching these days? What interests you? What, what are you into these days? So I was just talking to Lauren about it. I was actually some great podcasts out there. Besides Gross Anatomy, obviously, there is Smartless, which is great with Will Arnett uh, and Jason Bateman is hysterical and Chris Hayes. Uh, the Victory Podcast, which is the crew from Entourage. Right. They're, they're crushing it. I've, they're I've listened to some of them, yeah. Rob Lowe amazing interviewer his life his life is amazing i just read his book uh i'm reading a book right now the devil may dance which is about um it's jake tapper and it's about the rat pack the mafia and politics back in the 60s and 70s uh i just watched serpent on amazon on uh on uh netflix which is a pretty insane uh it's six uh, eight episodes and it's based on a true story about a guy that drugs all these people over in the Orient and what goes on there. Um, yeah, no, that's a really good one. What else do I, uh, what else do I listen to? I just listen to, oh, I have so many books. You know, I, I really like Brene Brown. You guys know Brene yes. Brown? Sure. She's amazing. And her book, Dare to Lead, is a great book that people should under, read and understand on how to, you know. And then also another book I just read is called Crucial Conversation, about how to have a conversation and when to have a conversation. You know, when to sit back. And when to understand it. I mean, I can't believe, Jason, I'm actually having this conversation with you about me 
reading books and educating because that was so not me in 1980-whatever. Yeah. And But Jace, gr- growing up in Manhattan with you, roller skating, taxi cab rides to and from the garden, Lou G. Seagulls, you know, before the game, we would go get our sandwiches. And now to see what you do to change, help so many people, um, and you being a doctor and giving back, I never, ever thought that coming out of that house, there would be a, a circle in case <laughs> Kind of mind-boggling to me. Thanks, you, Al. <laughs> you were painting. You were like the painting guy, you know, who wore the Jerbo jeans. And, uh, you know, you had your whole little look going there. Jerbo jeans. Those and were Jerbo, great jeans. They were great jeans. You had a little thing on the fly. And yeah. we have camp, and Lauren, we have camp stories that would just blow your mind, by the way. But <laughs> Do you really? That's for a whole other podcast. That's for round two. I like oh that. It could just be called Camp Stories. We should do that. That's oh, true. my gosh. That would just be mind-boggling on that <laughs> one. Al, I love you. I'm glad we were able to, to reschedule this. Well, thank you, you very much. Right, I love you, Al. Yes, right, thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.